are back with Jack, my friend Jack Stanton. Yeah, I'm pronouncing that right. Aren't I? You sure are. Alex, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure to be here. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. Now, we met at the windmill, and I feel like ever since you, I have gathered from you that you are a wonderful, wonderful supporter of the comedy scene. You come down and support shows all the time, which means a lot when we have someone like you who comes down and supports shows. It's like presence means something at shows because, you know, especially presence from our peers. So... Uh, I'd like to thank you for coming to both uh, Degenerate Comedy Shows because, you know, they were very big events for me. I was very nervous about them going well. And I feel like they were both successes, especially that first one. The second one was good and I was very happy with it. But that first one, I I couldn't believe I pulled that off. I feel like it was a huge success. Well, man, I was, it was fun. It's yeah. just a fun why I do it. It's just, I guess, not to be supportive or not, not to be supportive, just because it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's exactly. just something to get involved in, whether you're yeah. either doing... A spot or whether you're just there it's, it's a whole bunch of people you know yes um some of them are friends some of the people you don't know yes but it's a i want to say a community yes it's a um and a very supportive community at that yeah. yeah yeah for the most part look it's an interesting community yes as someone characterized it someone that we both know as a dysfunctional community i don't think there was any negative or positive um attachments to that statement but i feel like it is a creative community so uh, it's a it it rolls in an interesting way, put it that way. I, I would agree. It, it's certainly, it's a community of misfits because I think it's like comedy is one of those um, art forms and ma- art making, calling it an art form sound makes it sound so fancy and comedians, of course, are, you know, we're, we're extremely, we're the court jester. We don't give praise and we're not sincere about a lot especially our own art form. But I guess at the end of the day, it is an art form. Um, and uh, it's it's an art form where it's like, it's not like dance where or music or acting or um, or drag, uh, as, as you saw from my pre- previous guests. Um, they are all from like, you, you can see how they landed upon what they landed on. Whereas I feel like comedy is the com- is the conglomeration of a lot of different kinds of people. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's a, like people who do dance will have a lot of things in common with other people who do dance. People who do acting will have a lot of things in common with other people who do acting. Same thing for a lot of art forms. Comedy, I feel like, is one of those art forms which really breaks that mold. You know, it's like you can see two comedians standing side by side together, getting along really well, and they couldn't be more different people, you know, because I feel like they're very, uh, they both love the art of making people laugh. I agree. I mean, I agree to a point because I'm not a, I haven't done my PhD thesis in comedy, so I'm not an expert on it. <laughs> Neither than, am I. Neither am just I. just observations, yes. but I agree with you. I feel like if, Maybe if you dug down really deep, which you're probably never going to do. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of comedians that I've met, probably myself at times as well and others, uh, whatever level they're at, yes. are people that, um, and I'm generalizing to the max, as you, as you can tell, but that, um, that shy away from being dug deep down into. If oh, yes. Like, but yes. If, you, if you were able to, yes. and you might find some similarities deep down that, don't at first appear very possibly but but i agree with you what you say and the people that you can gravitate to or become friends with yeah uh, uh, on the face of it you wouldn't necessarily expect that to happen yes 
just what you said. You can see two people talking to each other. It's like, well, how does that happen? Yeah, exactly. Based on what you've seen of them? Yeah. But somehow they click on a level. Of, you said the court jester. I think that um, it's a, it's an art form that we could we could uh, debate all day whether it's an art form or not. Let's not do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that it would have evolved out of existence if it wasn't required on some level. Um how do you mean? I'm, I'm, well, I'm saying that if you, you you mentioned the court jester, yeah, that was a very important role in the yes. in, in the king's court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody who could who could point out things yes. to the king yes. that no one else could, and they usually ended up dead because of it at some point. But yes. that, um, a good comedian, and I can name a few. I'm not one of them, but the, they are pointing out things yes. sometimes. The ones I like, in fact, yes, yes, yeah. which are we all come from different schools, don't we? But that. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Sometimes um, truth jokes is usually, are yeah. more real than the news. Yeah. Um, um, well, look, uh, it's, again, the, the comedians that I love and, you know, adore and, and respect, um, they are very much of the school that I feel like you and I come from, which is where there is no need for comedians to punish other comedians. No one punishes the comedian harsher than his own audience. Or, or themselves, even. Or themselves, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, so I feel like for the most part, most comedians, most, uh, share that sentiment. Um, because most comedians I've met are genuinely very nice, uh, good people. Obviously, we could tell some stories about some comedians who are not that way. But this anomalies. Isn't, this but isn't a bad mouth. This isn't a no, bad mouthing no, uh, comedy all. show. But uh, the... What sort of show is this, by this the way? This is the Degenerates show. Yes, it yeah, is. I exactly. just didn't know yeah, what... Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a bad-mouthing show. No, no, no. I've Except heard a few apps. Yeah. I think I like like it on Facebook, this show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I do actually like it. I've, I've heard some stuff. A lot of mutual friends have been... David have, Morgan have Brown. ...through these doors. Yes, yes. I mean, David Morgan Brown is... The man with three names. I mean, when two names aren't enough... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, there's a lot of things you can call that man, so you may as well give him three names, I feel like. He is a... He is one of those true anomalies, and Look, he's also a brilliant comedian. I feel like, uh, depending on how you rate comedians, but like he sends it every time, and when he sends it, it stays sent, and that's enough for me. Yeah. Whether I laugh at it or not. Yeah. It's like that's just it's there. Yeah. It's been thrown at the wall. Yeah. And well, he I has tremendous that. faith to his jokes. He he almost and he is funny. It's like I've talked with him enough to know that he is a genuinely funny dude. But it makes me laugh. Exactly. But you know, every comedian every comedian uh bombs. Do you know what I mean? Every I comedian sure has bad shows. And myself and David Morgan Brown are no different. Like we've had very good shows. I feel like I've had a higher success rate than failure rate. And uh but I'm probably due for a few more failures as well. Um but David Morgan Brown is a serious anomaly because he's like so many, com- and I like actually took a little bit of inspiration from him for this. David Morgan Brown, and without saying it, I can see he's doing it. He will go up, he will try a joke out. If it fails that night, he's like, I just need to change this slightly, and then it's right. Whereas other comedians, a joke fails, and they will never touch that joke again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. David Morgan Brown is not like that. He's like, mm, no, I just. I just need to I just need to toy around with this in the workshop a little bit more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know what he thinks. We're buddies. 
We spent yeah, a lot of time yeah, yeah. together, but I have no idea. I haven't asked. I'm just, I'm just guessing here too. But no, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're probably right. You're yeah, as right yeah. as anything that is right or yeah. wrong. But that whatever it's, whatever his process is, yeah. um, I admire that process. I don't have, I haven't met to reach that level of uh, commitment yes. to the bit. So you coin a really like hack phrase, but that I feel like he, there's a few people we won't need to name check them, but that the, the I've shared bills with who uh, who just put it out there. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, yeah. they have some sort of plan, I feel like. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But to me, I perceive they do. And they they are on that track. And yes. it stays. Yes. And I admire that. And I think he's one of those. Yeah. No, I, I like him. I have a very... Him and Martin Darcy are two comedians who I have a very special favoritism towards. Sam Sargent, too. Um, and I feel like it's, the main reason is is because we're all very, very close in age. We're all very up and comers. And I've gotten along with comedians older than me, but like I've met a few comedians who like it's ultimately we shouldn't depend upon the praise of our peers, but it does feel nice. Oh, look, and you'd be bullshitting if I said that it's if if somebody you respect. Yes. Says something constructive and positive to you. Yes. At any stage. Exactly. That really goes a long way. Exactly. If somebody you respect and admire says something nasty to you, that hurts a lot. That hurts a lot more from someone who you didn't like to begin with. Yep. You know, it's like, well, I didn't like you to begin with. I couldn't really care. But someone you like and respect saying something bad about you, that's gutting. It's gutting. Yeah, yeah. I will say this, though, that... um, that, um, there's a lot of sensitive comedians out there. There's a lot of people that, that are just obtuse or whatever, but there's, there's, so there's people out there that understand, can read the situation and be, and be quite supportive in this scene. And I'm grateful to those people. Yes. And yes. I've been grateful to their faces, so I'm not going to name them. Chris Pachula. Chris Pachula. Uh, Very funny man. I'll name, I, like if we're praising someone, I will fucking say their name. Yeah. Chris Pachula, he's another one who, you know, I've got a very soft spot for. He's like, you know, been looking out for me and offering great advice and gives really good con- like uh, feedback and criticism. Shash, Shash Waikapua, he's I think he could amazing. be the nicest guy. Oh, if he's yeah. not the nicest guy in our scene, I want to know who is. Yeah. And I want yeah. to meet that person. Very, very hard to beat. He is like, and it's crazy to think because it's like comedians are such irreverent creatures as well. We pull the piss out of so much. You think a lot of the times we're assholes. Um, not Shash though. He's like truly a nice guy. Yeah. And, I, and you know what? That's the funny thing. Shash Wright Kapoor is honestly an anomaly in that uh, situation. He's as. His comedy style is so nice, so funny, so brilliant, uh, so unique, and he's so nice off stage. And I feel like the people who are the biggest assholes on stage are some of the nicest people off stage. You know, Corey White, uh, um, oh, fucking Bruno Oliveira, uh, Chris Pachullo, David Morgan Brown, you know, all of these guys, yourself. Um, and he- another one I would name who isn't really an asshole on stage, but like, um, I haven't seen too many of his shows, but is tremendously nice as Daniel Delby. He's another one too. And it's like, yeah, those, those guys who are extremely... Daniel Delby is lovable on stage. I haven't seen him as anything else, but he's extremely nice off stage too. So, yeah, but so many of the comedians who I've really gotten along with and have been really nice and welcoming to me have been like 
they really go for it on stage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that probably is uh, I is the way you are as well, Alex. Is that that's how you roll? You know, yeah. uh, welcomes that. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Um, that sort of interaction. Yes. Um, it's just in my short experience. So it's just it's a, it's an interesting subculture. Yeah, if we can call it a subculture. It's a it's certainly a subculture. You yeah, know? it's um, but um, I th- feel like it's very true what you said earlier, which is like. It's it's funny. Comedians seem to be extroverted introverts. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do know. There's you mean. there's some elements of our life and our day to day life that we do not like sharing with a lot of people. Obviously, we share them with some people, but there's just some elements where it's like, yeah, I never want this to go on record. It's not going to harm anyone. Uh, but it's just something I'm extremely private about, and I don't want to talk with any- about with anyone. Look, I'm know? sure Carl Jung or someone would talk about. Yeah. defense mechanisms and so yeah. forth. I think comedy can be that, potentially. Oh, yeah. Depending upon what background you come from, who you are, what your experience has been, that 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 comedy can be an ultimate defense yes. mechanism. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to let you close to me and I'm going to use jokes and I'm going to humor. And You think of someone like yes. Norm MacDonald, probably one of the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. He's in, in my the- humble opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that here's a guy who... As much as I've been down the rabbit hole of viewing and reading about, and I mean, I wouldn't know when he's doing a bit or not doing a bit, you yeah, know, yeah, whether yeah. his whole existence was a bit. Yeah. I feel like that's a um, just a, a great example yes. of somebody who just doesn't want you to get anywhere near them, and they're using comedy to exactly to do that to achieve that. Yeah, he's yeah he he was. I mean, well, I mean, that brings me to my next question because I always like to ask comedians, "What's your Mount Rushmore of comedy?" And uh, like, how many people were on Mount Rushmore? Four. 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 Look, so it's hard to. On any it given- is hard to narrow down to four. I don't put them in any order of preference. Yeah. But for me, it's Billy Connolly, Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, and Richard Pryor. Yeah. My personal four, and there are so many we could name, right? But for me, they're the they're the personal four. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Um, Patrice O'Neill, very, very close to it as well. Yeah. I, I love Patrice O'Neill. We were having a chat with David Morgan Brown about Patrice O'Neill yesterday. I, I have probably a top 20 in no particular order, but I'm not yeah. going to bore you with that. But if I had to just... Probably Eddie Murphy was one of the first people I ever saw yeah. do stand-up. I was too yeah, yeah, young yeah. to understand what was going on when I yeah. saw it. I didn't know that that's not what he was like all the time. Yes. Um so when I, and it was uh, it was raw that I saw from the video shop back in the day, and yeah, so yeah. it's what just indelibly etched. Yeah, say what you will about him or what that style of humor. Um, Chris Rock is an absolute genius. Yes, I love that style. Norm Macdonald, uh, Louis C.K. Yes, say what you will about Louis hey, C.K., look, but he's an amazing comedian. Hey, look, can't take it away from him. People do what they do in their personal lives. I'm not making any comment on it. That's for them to live with. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We're yeah. talking as a com- like as a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I love that style. Yeah. So I guess it, I guess it would have to be Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Norm Macdonald, and um, and about twenty other people in that fourth spot. Yes. So, um, and there's people that we know in our own scene who wouldn't be on my Mount Rushmore because they don't have the track record, but who I really, really rate highly. Yes. Rate highly. Yeah. Just because of kids playing at home comedy subjective yeah mm. they i like them for what i like yes i mean as far as the local scene goes i'd i'd have to say i'm um i really like david morgan brown and i really like martin darcy 
Um, Both extremely funny guys. Extremely. And nice guys. Tremendously nice. Like Martin Darcy, Martin Darcy and I, the first time I did a set, Martin Darcy was on before me. And he was like really, he's an anomaly because he's a little bit like me. He's a social misfit. So sometimes, depending on what scenario he's in, difficult to read. But he was so welcoming and, and nice to me. So yeah, I I fucking very very special place. When you say anomaly for being a social misfit, what do you mean? By that? Well, because I feel like probably a lot of comedians are social misfits. Yes, Would, but that- even he's a bit of an anomaly. Like right. um, he's an anomaly amongst anomalies. I okay. feel like just in terms of his social interaction, his comedy is like uh, certainly unique to him. But I wouldn't say it's. Um, I would say his comedy is an anomaly. He, it's definitely funny, but he talks about the, uh, the things that a lot of uh, comedians talk about. He talks about childhood. He talks about uh, growing up. He talks about his family. He talks about observational things, you know. Yeah. Um, but in terms of his social interaction, it's like, it's almost like we were saying about a little bit about day, uh, Norm Macdonald a second ago, which is like, you can't always guess whether or not he's doing a bit or not, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, which I find really funny, and I've like I for me it's nothing but a pleasure trying to discern uh, when he is and when he isn't. Yeah, uh, sometimes is, it's more which obvious. Which is probably indiscernible. Which brings me to the I mean Andy Kaufman, who I didn't mention, could be oh, number yeah. four on the yeah, yeah. could be my number four on Mount Rushmore, just because you don't you don't know yes where it begins and where it ends, or if it even began or ended. Yes, you don't then to a point where they're, they're more of a provocateur even or a or uh, what's I, I can't think of the right word. They're a comedian, no doubt, but yes. um, um, an antagonist. They create a situation. Yeah, you may laugh or cry or walk out on them. Yeah, but that there's some they've triggered something in that situation that goes beyond um, a shallow uh, definition of comedy. Yes, absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to you know query your brain about is it's like i love to you know we always talk about the mount rushmore comedy and for me being billy Connolly, norm mcdonald dave chappelle and richard pryor i've thought about that quite a lot and they are on my mountain rushmore all for different reasons um i came to the richard pryor conclusion probably slowest of all um but i did come to it eventually because like if if you watch him enough you realize where it says like Oh, he's so unique and so different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's. I feel like he he tried doing things in comedy that had never been done before, and a lot of comedians do that. But you know, he was also the trailblazer for black comedians in many ways, an edgy in an black era, in an era. I imagine. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't. I mean, I was alive and a kid. I I, I hit Eddie Murphy. At first, and then we sort of went backwards from there because Richard Pryor was in movies. He was an yeah. actor, yeah, as yeah. far as I knew at that yes, time. Yes. I didn't understand that he was a comedian. I was just a child, you know? Yeah. But the, him and Gene Wilder did this thing in a bunch of movies. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, um, but when you look back, thanks to YouTube, which didn't exist when I was a kid, you can access a lot of the early stuff, you know? And it's, yeah. uh, he's what you just said. I mean, he'd uh, have to be considered in that era too. Yeah. When it wasn't. And his Nearly stuff as progressive is, as it is now. Exactly. But his stuff has aged so well. Yeah. You know, some like there's some comedians you look back on and you realize, oh, their shit would not hold up today. Um, not even in the lens of political correctness, just in the lens of what's funny today. Yeah. And they're two different things. And some people say what's funny today is influenced by political correctness. I think that's true and not true to certain degrees. 
Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's obviously different people find different things, different cultures, different subcultures find different things funny. But I feel like, yeah, Richard Pryor is one of those comedians whose stuff still holds up amazingly well. Um, and that's that's why I'm a huge fan of his. You know. And I can't define it, but it's, you know when you laugh in spite oh, sorry, of Richard Pryor. You know when you laugh in spite of yourself? Yes. Your brain tells you not to, Yo, not to laugh yeah. at this, but you laugh. Yeah, that's my that's, favorite kind of laugh. There's a, yeah, that's well, that's, you know, that's an, indicator favorite, of a, yeah. that's an indicator of a pretty good comedian. And I, I, let's, I saw it happen at a show last night where someone's triggered a response in someone. Yes. I saw it a few times where that response is... A knee-jerk reaction. It's yeah. not a thought-out response. Yes. You start to you, talk about people. You who can't have hit help there. laugh at yeah, that. Yeah, they've, they've like it's they've hit something there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's I feel like that's a, a good indicator of somebody who maybe and that's my maybe favorite. They don't do it all the time. That's my favorite kind of laugh to produce. And it's like that's that's genuinely probably the reaction I love to produce. That's the reaction I probably try and produce. Most of all, because it's it, it really is the most genuine of all reactions. It's not filtered through any lens. It's not filtered by any kind of uh, social or obligatory uh, um, or, or, or obligation to the comic. It's genuine. It's the most genuine reaction you can get. Yeah. And that's why I try to go for it. I was fucking way off last night being so tired, but I did try out three new jokes and I was very happy with the result of all of them. Look, so, I thought it went well and there was a, there was a few people on there that um that, that did exceptionally that well. did well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a great thing about comedy at any level. Like at a at a global level, a global superstar level or at the local grassroots level or whatever is that you can see that response at any of those levels. It may yes. not be as like as as frequent, yeah, at your at that level as it is at a superstar level, but that those same responses are available. Well, and if you can yes. trigger it, you can get that response. The, the the one thing I feel like you know the more, the only thing you get better at is do and I'm so new to this in comedy, so that it's really not my place to say. Nor quick, mine. Quick, either. exactly, but quick uh, quick observation, and I could be way off the money for this. Any comedian who wants to say so can disagree with me. But I feel like the only thing you get better at as a comedian is your ability to read an audience and change the chemistry of a room. You can't become funny as a human being in terms of stand-up. Like, you're either funny or you're not. Like, you, all you become better at is reading a room and altering the chemistry of a room to suit your show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, th that's one thing I've noticed, which is doing comedy is I'm, I'm getting slightly better at reading a room and I'm slowly starting to get better at changing the chemistry of the room to suit me a little bit more. Because sometimes you walk in front of a crowd and it's like, oh, this crowd will not like my joke. And I know because I've seen the other comics that have gone on before and... They are the, you know, the sacrificial lamb, you know, that first comic of the night is always in with the hardest job because you need someone to, you need someone strong to open to fucking get the crowd going. And this is where I feel like this is why I chose Chris Pachulo as the first one, because someone who doesn't mind going for it, but he is such a good opener for a show. He just, he just knows how to get on stage and just make the audience like he wills the audience to laugh it's like no this is funny and you will find it funny yeah so he's brilliant at that and uh 
he's yes, like fuck, so many, but so many other comics are good at that. But that first, those first few comics are the sort of sacrificial lamb. If the show, if the crowd needs changing, and if the crowd needs a different kind of energy, those first two, three, maybe four comics are the first to find out about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's off. uncharted it territory. Is. It, it feels is. like it's it a is. bit like being the first people that jumped in a boat and paddled across the ocean. Yeah. Not knowing where they were going. Yeah. There were no maps. There no. was no, like, they only found out the hard way. Exactly. Whatever was to be found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like, and I, again, I'm not really qualified having not done my thesis in all of this stuff, but that um, is that it feels like it's always a bit uncharted. Yes. You can see because your abilities are not the same as someone else's abilities or your, when I say ability, I don't, Sorry, your your what you do is not the same as what someone else does exactly. as a comedian, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. it's always a bit uncharted. Yes, um, it is always a little bit uncharted. You're right. Would you say incorrect? I mean, I say this from. I mean, I could be way off with this, but um, and feel free to disagree. Would you say it's correct in when I said earlier, which is like you, you don't become funnier as a comedian. You just get better at reading a room and uh, working with a room and probably getting a better understanding of, of timing and delivery. But in terms of understanding what is funny and what will make people laugh, I feel like you you can't you can't learn that like you would learning a new skill. It's either kind of accumulated through life or it, it, it's just not there to begin with, you know? I just don't feel qualified to answer that question however there's a bunch of names i think that you could get on here that are local yeah that you could that would, would be better equipped to, to answer that um i feel like it's probably like a lot of things that are the experience yes and hours doing it yes and and having you like anything else i guess which there are other s- spheres of my life that i have spent long times focusing on you start to get a lay of the land a little bit Yes. You may never be able to predict exactly what's happening, but you've been in this circumstance a million times before you've been in that one. I feel like it was the something I did in my life for 10 years that took me 10 years to get good at it. I was doing 80 hours a week, you know what I mean? And about the 10-year mark, I've, I, that's when I got out of it, by the way, was was when I, I was pretty good at it. Yeah. And that was as, as exemplified by the performance in that. But rewinding to the first few weeks of doing that 10 years earlier... I mean, it was just all at sea. Yeah, I hadn't. It was any. It was just who knows what's going on here. Yeah. So I feel like maybe it's like that, which I'm not at. You know, I'd love to be at that point of this to be able to compare. But I, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, if you're talking about like, like your Norm McDonalds and people like that that have been doing, or Louis C.K. has been doing it for thirty or forty years or whatever, these guys have seen every situation. They've been in most scenarios they've seen a lot of responses to the point where it's almost like it feels like to me they've got the the world spinning in their hand now in their personal life as evidenced lately not so expert let's be real but on a comedy level louis ck like has to me he's like got that spinning in his hand you know? yeah 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 um and look listen the i will credit art where credit where credit is due like um Take, for example, I mean, we were talking about off the podcast, Roman Polanski earlier. 
a detestable piece of human trash. Um, I like as a person, I don't like him for what he ha- for what he has created. Like you do give him the credit, it is good. Look, I'll just say he's a piece of shit, right? Yeah, but and I don't not I, I, I'm a movie buff, but a genius can really probably only be a genius on an on one or two levels. Mm. They're not going to be a genius on every level. No. Um, so I'm just going to say he's a piece of shit. He's not my cup of tea of a movie maker, so fuck him. You know what I mean? But that, Fair enough. But that, I guess f- if you're looking at it from one that, that sole perspective, mm. it's a very gifted person. Mm. Now, those gifts are far outweighed by the, the damage they've caused on, on other so. levels. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. um, it's a tricky one. It's like Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. I was just watching a documentary and it's like back in the day when he was right at the cutting edge of whatever that he was doing. Yeah. And there's a 50 years of retrospectives on it now. And one of the other performing artists that was with him mm. said, oh, they're at Madison Square Garden, right? And that they hadn't taken the basketball da- court down yet mm-hmm. um, because it was going to be the Dylan show, right? And they're all shooting hoops in America. In America, everyone knows how to shoot hoops. Well, I don't know how, but yeah. Dylan came down and he was the most uncoordinated, awkward couldn't do it and it was a shock to this guy because he just assumed that this guy was a genius at everything. Yeah. He's like, ah, ah. So even geniuses are only geniuses in a couple One of facets. Thing, yeah. Like it doesn't extrapolate out to of every things. level. Exactly. So yeah. that's what I learned from that. Well, I mean, I, I'd certainly definitely agree with it because it's, it's hard to know with particularly musicians and I like Bob Dylan too. I like Bob Dylan too. I think he's... I like a lot of his songs. I like his music. I think he's... He has a way with words, like, lyrically, that match by very, very few. Um, and, uh, and and what appeals to me about him is, is a bit like Norm Macdonald or how I perceive it to be, it's hard to pin down. Oh, yeah. You can't... As soon as you think you've worked out who they are and where they're from, they pop up in another area. Yes. It's like, I like those sort of people. Yeah. They're the... Even in my life... The most interesting people I meet are the. We're all making constant um, judgments and assumptions all the time. We have to to yeah. exist in the world. But uh, the people I find interesting are the people that are constantly making me reassess my. Ah, oh, I thought I had you worked out, and you do it. You pop over there, and you're over there, and it's like these are the interesting people. Yes, the hard ones to work out. Mm. Um, I don't know why we went down that road hole. Yeah. No, I I would 100% agree with you. But like Bob Dylan is, um, what was I going to say? Fuck Bob Dylan. There's another question. Yeah, I'm move on. Um, Let's do it. But uh, the other question is about the local scene. <laughs> I remember someone recently said to me, "Oh, you're starting a podcast. Everyone is doing that." And it's like, well, there's one thing I like to do in podcasts, which maybe is a little bit different than other podcasts, and that is, it's like I like to put like so many podcasts are about the negative that is going on in the world. And so I kind of like to focus on the positive. So let's focus on some of our favorite up and coming comics on the local scene. If you could give me five names, you don't need to put them in a particular order. Um, For me, it would be David Morgan Brown, Martin Darcy, uh, John Wing, Chris Pachulo, Shash. Now I'm biased on all of those opinions. I think they're all like I love them off stage as much as on stage. I'm incredibly, incredibly biased, but I think for for my very, very biased opinion, those are the five best. Look, just to just to clarify, 
like uh, my opinion is probably even more biased than yours. I think that all opinions are biased. We're all biased, aren't we? Yes. We like uh, we like who we like because we like them. Yeah. Um, because they uh, we like that style. I'm mm-hmm. speaking for myself now. So you know, at the risk of like mansplaining. Yeah. Um, you know, who I like is because that's who I like. Yes. I don't know exactly why I like them, but but you may hate them. That doesn't mean we're not, that doesn't mean we're enemies. It just means yeah, yeah. that you like who you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even really want to name them because I hate being the fanboy. Um, and that's not me having a crack at you, but that when I say there, there are people who make me laugh, right? Andrew Wolf is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Kershaw Brilliant. Is, is just outstanding. Yes. I've said it to, Said it to these people, so I feel comfortable saying it in a podcast. I've yeah. said it to them directly, you yeah. know, which well, is a difficult thing as a man to do sometimes from my era is to compliment someone directly. Yes. But there's two. Uh, um, Pete Sharkey, I really like. Uh, Luke Joseph Ryan. Um, there's so many, yeah. but I like this style. Yes. This style. Um, it just is what I enjoy. Well, it's what it, I enjoy watching. Yeah. Well, I mean, the main reason I, I, I totally get that, but I mean, the main reason I promote that I started this podcast is very, very many reasons, but the main reason is I like to use it to perform, promote and explore the intricate facets of performing arts. Hey, and, look, uh, you look, know, this is my own hangups. Yeah. Yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. come from an era where you don't compliment other people you know yeah, you yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. that to yourself and yeah. you just you, you if, if anything you you talk them down yeah hey fucking whatever how do you, i don't know it's just not the right way of doing yeah. it but it's the era that i grew up through how do you think in your opinion how do you think um uh comedy has changed in let's say the last 20 years in in a big way and in, in maybe in a way that the audience wouldn't see wow i mean in the sense that 20 years ago, I wasn't taking part in comedy, so I was doing other things, but that I've always been like a... a, a, a Observing? Always just like... just Consuming comedy? Yeah, in a big way, yeah. you know, and doing it from a young age, but in your life, mm. you know, being that sort of provocative, provocateur type character who, who... I feel like it's changed... In the sense that I've gotten older, so my perception of it's changed, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much it's changed with regards to how I perceive it to be, mm-hmm. and how much it really has changed. But there's just younger people have come through, different styles have come through, more people. I think that stand-up comedy, from memory, is like only really been around in the, as stand-up comedy since you know for fifty or seventy years or something like that. Yeah, I don't I mean- think it's like a, a five hundred year old. No, I mean, unless unless we go back to the idea of the court jester. Exactly. Unless we go back to that idea, then it's probably one of the oldest art forms. But if we're talking about strictly the the modern understanding of it, it's probably one of the youngest performing arts out there. I feel like the biggest way it's changed is the the um, the capacity to do it. Like twenty years ago. There were no comedy clubs in Perth yeah. that I'm aware of. You talk to um, legends of the scene like Jeff Stanton and that, who will tell you there was one place yeah. that you could do once a month yeah. or something. And we're only talking 20 years ago, you know? So now there's a whole... Every week I'm seeing new places pop up yeah, and new opportunities to do it. Whereas 30 years ago, there was nowhere to do it. Mm. Even I didn't even know that you could... I mean, I'd seen it done on VHS tape by Americans and that mm. and by... English people, 
but it certainly wasn't something that we had an option to pursue doing it felt like I mean there was all sorts of other theatre arts and all that sort of stuff that you'd get into um, so I feel like that's what's changed the most about it, is the explosion of uh, of the opportunity to do it yeah whoever you are if you want to if someone's listening to this now whoever the one person is and they have never done it before and they thought you know I want to try that within a week or two they could find somewhere to have a crack at yeah I Guarantee. Yeah. Contact you right now and you can give them some numbers. Well, then. like I've fucking, I, at my comedy club, I make a concerted effort to put on uh, young and up-and-comers because th- there are so many comedy clubs and so many open mics. And I have absolutely established acts and like well-respected comics on, but I also just like, like to make a preface of putting on the lesser knowns and the up-and-comers and the younger ones. And it's like, and when I say younger ones and up and comers, they're not the same thing. You can have an older comic come on who is new to comedy, but I still think he's really good, but he's an up and comer. Rodney Dangerfield didn't make it big until he was in his 50s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's one of probably one of the most well-known names of yesteryear comedy. I Um, I think he's probably Norm Donald's number one influence, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. I think that- but yeah, I, I like to preface my room with. Oh, I've seen people who are twenty five years old right now. Yeah, veterans. Yeah, and really good. Yeah, have done it hard A long time. Yeah, and I've seen people who are fifty mm. do their first one last week. Yes. So it's a, it's a great. Uh, opportunity for it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't it's, really matter it, it, exactly. You, you're seeing. It's it's a level a fairly level. Playing field. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Well, again, it's 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 a playing field that is decided totally by the audience. You know, movies and things like that, I always say acting is the most overrated art form there is. And obviously, there are good actors. Obviously, there are actors that are better than others. And actors who understand chemistry and body language and speech and things like that have a... Like, they're good actors, but again, they do it with the support of a director, a producer, a writer, a screen adaptation people. They do it with the benefit of researchers and things like that. They have the benefit of a lot of different people working with them. With comedians, 99% of the time, it's just them and the microphone. There is literally zero fucking help in the equation. Less um, than zero sometimes because they're... Some comedians are their own worst enemy. Oh, yeah. You know, myself included. You have to overcome the barrier of yourself first. Yeah. You're, yeah. And, and then there are, as much as we could idealize the scene of any scene, there are other, there's, there's um, other negativity you must overcome as well. And of course. And there's barriers to entry that exist in anything. Yes. Um, so it's, there's a, it's, it's a hard, unforgiving when it's not working yeah. thing. Really is. If you're flying high with it, which again I haven't, I'm not heavily experienced, but it's like, then it's great. And even then, I hate myself. Do you mean that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's dying, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no way you can hide. No. There's nothing, and you, it's it's unmistakable how badly you went. Yes. You you can't pretend. Yes. On any level that it went well Mm. when it's deathly. Yeah, it's it's. And again, though, but it, it's also the funny thing about that art. Like, I've seen shows where the freshest comedian had one of the best performances. 
And the most pro comedian that night had one of the roughest. Man, I've read about, I've read about world-class comedians deliberately bombing. Yeah. I mean, man, do you know how good you'd have to be to deliberately bomb? I mean, I can bomb left, right and center, not trying to. Yeah. But to have that level of ability, I'm going to go out and deliberately bomb tonight. You're starting to talk about, I just wish I had that choice. Well, I think, again, that is something, that is a learned skill. That is something where you understand the chemistry of an audience and you understand how to move the chemistry of an audience. I feel like that's a reflection of your personality type, which as well in that, um, in that, you know, the, the stereotypical um, characterizations of a, of a comedian is that um, very oppositional type people, very, it's like, all oh, right, so you want to laugh at me now, do you? It's yeah. like a child almost. It's like, like, you know, when you've got a child there and you love this child, they know you love them. You tell them you love them. Everything indicates that you do. And they'll be like, ah, so you love me, do you? What if I do this? Smash. What yeah. if I say that? What if yeah. It's it's like almost this, I don't know, it's an opposition. It feels like a, a, yeah, a, I an mean, oppositional art form at times. It is definitely something we, we, uh, we, we, we most comedians I know, Certainly all of the comedians I respect try to push the envelope in some way, in some facet. Um, generally, the comedians, not hating on any of their success because there are a few comedians who are successful in this regard. There are some comedians out there who I genu- genuinely, uh, I have no idea how anyone finds them funny. I have no hatred or animosity towards any of them, but it's, I look at them and I go, I don't know how you're successful for this. And he's so successful, the me saying it is not going to affect him at all. But Kevin Hart is a prime example. I have no no hatred towards him. I have no reason to hate the man. But I have no clue how he is successful for what he has done yep. in the field that he is in. Look, for me, it just comes back to a cup of tea, you know? Like some people yeah. just, and not my cup of tea. And, and, and no matter how good they are, it's just not my cup of tea. But again, that, I, I totally get that too. But there are some comedians who are not even strictly my cup of tea, yet that I could objectively say, yes, I can see why that person is good for what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, music is the ultimate example for that. Like, it's very, it's much harder to do in comedy, but music is the ultimate example of that. There are, there are uh, only a finite num- type of music I would play in the comfort of my own home. But when I go out to a concert and things like that, I like to think I'm open-minded enough. I can enjoy more types of music. Um, like, oh, what's a good example? Um, uh, probably rap is chief amongst them. There are some rap music. There's some rap music I can enjoy. You know what? Rap isn't a good example. Um, let's say, let's say modern pop music. Modern pop music, generally very, very little modern pop music I enjoy. Very, very fucking limited. I can look at a lot of modern pop artists and I can see why they're successful. Do you know what I mean? Yep. They have a charisma in their performance. They have a, you know, charismatic nature about them that makes them successful. And uh, and now we have the rare the opportunity to always do the butt of a joke. 
we haven't been able to do it to him in a while, is make fun of Callum. Uh, he's Who I've never met, so I'm not going to go there. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have. How you going, small penis? This episode's only got another half hour, so we'll be wrapping up fairly soon. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was a minute. Ah, oh, good he's boy. funny. Yeah. He's funny. Nice one. Hey, you're getting better at it. See, Callum and I have been friends for, I think, nearly six years. And in that time, we have gone through some changes together. Uh, when I first met Callum, he was this skinny little white boy um, who had not a very open mind when it came to humour and also did not hit the gym. He now has a much more open mind when it comes to humour um, and has a much better taste in alcohol and uh, goes to the gym. Oh, I'll just reach out and say nice to meet you. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a good boy, Callum, but uh, half of my jokes, half, like... Who says humour can't get old? I've been beating Callum to with the same uh, joke for the last six years, and that's that he has a small penis. Well, look, the the body language like told me everything I needed to know. That he was I mean, he, no, that he's that he's heard a lot of your material. Yes, he's seen a lot of it. Yeah, and yeah. It's got a bit old hat. Some of it, yeah. but hey, that's the same yeah, with yeah. anyone. Callum hears my jokes before anyone else does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the you got the sounding board, the yeah, litmus yeah. test. The- what would you say, Callum? I'm usually pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually got me laughing. Yeah. Which is all you can do, isn't it? All we can do. All but uh, can I just... Do. I, oh, the example's Nirvana, one of my favourite bands of all time, that came out when I was young, you know? In the words yeah. Of Chris Rock, his viewpoint, according to one of his bits, who knows what he really thinks, mm. is that the music we love is the music that we first heard when we were first fucking, right? Yeah. And so this is of the age... Yes. That was how old in that era. Now, Smells Like Teen Spirit was so hammered on the yes. ra- all the airwaves at the time. If I hear it now, it's like, I just, please, not again. No more. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. It's just been overdone. Yeah. So I think that um, no matter how good something is, it can be overdone. Yes. I don't even know why I brought that up. But other than no, to no. Say, that, say that if I listened to Norm MacDonald on a loop 24-7 for five years, I'd be over it. Um, I, I see what you mean. I do think there are some exceptions to the rule in terms of listening think, to things over and over again. But what are they? Or not in terms of listening to over and over again, but there are some things where you can listen to a lot of, get tired of it, take time away from it, come back to, and it's still good after a break. Yeah. Yeah, that's which a better is, way. Which is another way of putting it. Is that if I, mm. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm. So I just completely go back on what I just said, then and disagree with myself and agree with you. Hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I just didn't think out yeah. the point of view before I said it, which is the story of my life, actually. <laughs> I think that um, the story of a lot of comedians. Lies, yeah, you know, like here lies a man who didn't think at all yeah, enough yeah. about what he said, thought, or did before he said, thought, or did it. Well, I mean, I feel like most comedians, and I've said this before on the potty, um, have a one or an accumulation of learning disorders and a lot of learning disorders are related to we either overthink things or we don't think things through enough or a combination of both yeah and i feel like it's true in no other art form more than comedy like comedians sometimes overthink things to the nth degree and then other times we just put our foot in our mouth straight away without thinking about what we're saying. And then overthink it. Yes. You know, I mean? like underthink it, do it, overthink it. Yes. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. So it's like, 
It's a tricky. It's a. It but is. I think it's probably a human thing. Yeah. But that comedians. Let's just generalize the fuck out of comedians. Is that uh, a lot of comedians are good with words? Yeah. Yes. Standard ordinary people may not have as quick access to words mm. as that. Mm. So it's a dangerous combination: a lack of pre-thought mm. and a quick access to words, yes. and, a, and the desire to put it out there. Yes. When it hits, it hits well. I also when think, it misses, it misses hard. Yes. I also think when you say comedians have good access to words, I feel like that's partly got to do with the fact that comedians, we, whether it's through reading, watching movies, um, a lot of comedians I know are movie buffs. A lot of comedians I know are avid readers. Um, uh, yeah, through either film or literature, consume a lot of content. Do you know what I mean? And I'll just speak for myself now. Growing up in the pre-access to internet era, mm-hmm. which is it was just television, you know, television and the radio mm-hmm. that was. So it was just a bombardment of certain material. It wasn't mm-hmm. this access to a wide range of material. It's 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 coming into your system, and it just comes back out. Yeah. And so you, I just feel like. In my we were shit stirrers is what we were. Yeah, we were yeah. argumentative, yeah, we were yeah, oppositional, yeah. we were uh, articulate, mm. we were angry and upset, you know what I mean? And we mm. wanted to share that and we did do it in a very provocative way. We have know? a lot in common with serial killers. I guess we do. Yeah. Tell us what that is. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, like, just uh, not the body count. Being, yeah, it being like uh, probably argumentative and in opposition and anomalies and not going quite with the same mold, you know. I think, not to overstate our intelligence too much, um, but I think a lot of comedians, and, you know, I like to walk around thinking I'm the f- fucking idiot and I stand by that. I genuinely believe that. But I think in some ways, and most comedians are like this too, in some facets of life, comedians are more intelligent than other people. Those facets of life are not always the same thing. That's where, you know, you get different styles of comedy. But I like to think that, you know, for being a fucking functional idiot, I have a very good read on people usually. Um, There's a very big difference between being the fool and mm. playing the fool, right? Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Yes, yes. Beware yes. the dude who's playing the fool. Yes. Especially when they're playing it well. Yeah, Don't yes. mistake kindness for weakness. Yes. Be careful of your assumptions of people and your projections onto people because mm. what I've noticed almost at every level, not just with comedians, people constantly surprise your preconceptions about them. Oh, yeah. Specifically comedians, though. Yes. And they're deliberately doing it. Yes. Even to a point where they don't even understand they're deliberately doing it. Yes. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a building block core part of their personality. It's a defense mechanism, it's, as we said earlier. I don't want to generalize, but maybe you're seeing comedians who've grown up through some pretty hard circumstances that they're not telling you about. Yes. Through some pretty traumatic experiences that they're not telling you about. Mm. In fact, they're telling you about it with their persona. Yes. But the, be careful. Yes. Because they are using misdirection. They're using a whole bunch of techniques they may not even be aware they're yeah, using. Yeah. And they will come with the punchline. Masters of illusion without yeah. magic, you know. So They're trying to... Look, Bill Burr's a classic example. He will just flat oh, yeah. out say yeah. that he's an idiot. Yeah, I'm yeah, an idiot. Yeah. What do I know? I'm an idiot. I don't yeah, know anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't believe you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a start. 
Yeah. Anyone that's telling me they're an idiot, I don't know, they don't know anything, very suspicious of. Yeah, yeah. How do you know that you don't know? Well, the biggest idiots in the world are the people who don't know they're idiots. Yes. Yeah. It's like the person who can acknowledge that they're a fool in some regard or a great regard is generally probably, in, in my own experience, generally more switched on in some ways than others. In, and in, in some ways that you're not seen. And it's like I have... Someone, when someone says it's like, oh, you know, I, I, an idiot or something, uh, it's like, oh, you're probably more switched on than you realize. Some, the person who goes around saying, I'm the fucking bee's knees, yada, 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 is generally the person that everyone is looking at like they're an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's tricky. And I think we've like everyone throughout their life has had a point where they're full of themselves. We've all been the fool at some point yeah. and the genuine fool, yeah. you know, and then. But we're talking about now people who are, who are working in this or who are operating in this, um, uh, in this milieu, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and these are people who, uh, some of them, a lot of them who are deliberately doing this is the point I'm making. Yes. Whereas, where we've all been unconscious. Me, two hours ago, was unconscious up at the shopping centre about whatever I was doing. I don't know. I was just yeah, yeah, in yeah, some yeah, other yeah. moment, whatever. But the, in that in that context, talking about people that a lot of them are very conscious of what they're doing. Yes. They're deliberately fucking with you. Yes. And that's what I like. These are the people I like. So the names that I'm naming are the ones that are real head wreckers. How I would determine to be head wreckers. Mm. They not always make me laugh. They sometimes make me. Sh they're shot. They're constantly spinning it. Back on itself. Yes. Does that make sense? So you're talking yeah, yeah, about Andy yeah, Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about, you know. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. People yeah. that are spinning it hard. Yeah. And just when you think you've got to where they are going, they mm. go. But yeah. You yeah, see yeah. that as it all the time. Yeah. They're just constantly turning it around in you. Masters of redirection. Yeah. Illusion, you know. So they are. I can totally see your. I can totally see what you're pointing out there. And it's what it, is it? Because I can't remember what I was pointing out. But well, yeah, anyway, yeah, I yeah. Well, <laughs> ADHD conversation. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I, I guess that that's the label that would be placed on myself. Yeah, and what you were saying about learning disabilities and personality disorders or whatever yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about, these are probably uh, well exemplified mm. within people who identify as comedians, who are yes. trying to be comedians, who are, who were once, who are going to be. I feel you're right. I have no evidence to prove it, but I feel that you're right. The, 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 this, these are just things we're observing. Yeah, just, and obviously there are going to be people who break the mould yes. of our observations. And for anyone yeah. who's playing at home, I don't think either you or I claim to be like all-knowing, no, 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 knowledgeable no. people of everything that yeah. ever was. But these are just our viewpoints. Yeah. I, do I think, mean, they are right. Yeah, yeah. We are correct. But, you know, like, <laughs> that's we joke. are fucking geniuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Suck my me. dick. Yeah, hey, yeah. I've got the website and all. Exactly. I'm a genius.com or something like that. I <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of another thing when we were sort of talking about earlier, we were talking about actors where I was saying they're overrated and we were talking about how comedians go on with none of the resources that actors have. I was talking to someone who has worked on professional film sets and they have always said it's like the actor is pandered to and lauded to and praised, even though realistically they do the least amount of work. And I was thinking, well, it's like, no wonder actors walk around with such a big ego. You know, they, they walk around with this massive ego because people are inflating it all the time. Whereas comedians are walking around with usually, you know, 
uh, no resources, none of those resources in their professional set. We don't get the praise until after we come off the stage. Um, and even then, a lot of us don't believe it. Yes, yes. Can't and possibly. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe actors, and I, I don't know. Maybe some of them are like that too. Maybe, but I honestly I feel like most of them are. I, I feel like the, what, what I can see of comedians is that we are our own harshest critic. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one is a harsher critic of a com- comic than the comedian himself. That's like the comment section. Like, because yeah. there are a million positive comments. The only one we're going to see is the negative one, right? Oh, look. I've been posting these TikTok videos uh, just for a bit of a laugh. It's kind of like just a little experimental thing I'm doing. And they're going well. I've been getting a lot of first comments from mainly gay men um, saying, oh, you know, I want to suck your dick, uh, choke me into unconsciousness, uh, all this shit. And in my mind, growing up as someone who never thought they were attractive to suddenly, you know, in my day-to-day life, you know, going to a nightclub, people flirting with me, it's like... It almost makes me uncomfortable. It's like, no, what's the gimmick? Yeah, what do you want? Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you trying to get at? Yeah. Here? What's the, what's the, where is the other shoe that's exactly. going to drop? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's like, the, when's the sales pitch coming? Yeah. Bro? You know, it's like, what's what the tra- catch here? Exactly. Because you know? you, this can't be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why it, are you laughing? What do you want from me? Yeah, exactly. What are you trying to push me into? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, but when you're on stage, it's funny how, like, when you come, when you're on stage, though, when you get that first laugh, and it's like, oh, I'm gone. I'm away with the wind. You're on my side. The adrenaline is pumping. Tonight's my night. When, you, when you're when you off stage, as soon as you come off stage, it's like, okay, but back to back to mortality now. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little bit like that old saying where the, you know, when the, when the Romans had that thing, when they were having the triumph through the, through the streets of Rome, and they had a slave, you know, the lowest member of society holding the wreath above the victor's head, the triumvirate's head. But the slave was whispering into the victor's ear. So the lowest member of society was saying to, at that moment, the highest member of society saying, remember, you will die. Is this another version of the court jester that you're referring to? Here? A little bit. I feel like that's the vibe it's I was getting bit, when you were telling you know, me that story. Um, it, it is a little bit like that. It's, it's the... It's the lowest cast, the lowest member of society, which, you know, typically isn't comedians. I mean, comedians are a, especially in today's environment, now more than ever. I do think we serve a purpose, but we are tremendously overvalued by some people. Um, And that just could be our own self-criticism. That could just be self-criticism saying that, but I think that's true. Um, Some people value us a little bit too much. I feel like maybe that's sort of some sort Mm. of... um uh, it's we've always got that voice in our ear mm. telling us we're fuck all, you know, we're like, yeah. you're gonna die. and it's that voice is our own. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's that's being exemplified in your your anecdote there, of yeah, yeah, two yeah, separate yeah. people. But it's like, don't get ahead of, don't get ahead of yourself, yes, because, exactly. Yeah, you got a few laughs tonight, but remember last week when you were shit, you yeah, know, remember later tonight when you when it's just you, yeah, by yeah yourself yeah. and your thoughts, exactly. Um, I yeah. don't know, I'd say the Hank Williams man who was just the king of rock and roll. Back in the day, in about 1950, I watched this. Uh, he was loved by everyone. He was like country. Who, who was he this? Was a country, country music god, right? Back in the 40s. Who was this? Hank Williams. His name oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes, so, yes. anyways, he, I'm watching a documentary about him. One of the dudes who played in his band is like, I mean, we're talking about going to towns in the US there where everybody turned out to scream, like all the girls wanted, whatever, all of that. He said later on in the evening, they'd be back in the room 
and Hankerby, all of those people hate me, man. Yeah. They all hate me. Yeah. And the judge, you go, man, they all love you. They went, you know, they all hate me. Like, <laughs> even when he was the king of king, he didn't feel it. Mm. I mean, I feel like that. Certainly be- plays in, yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah. You Where know, like, like it's, you're still, you're still with you. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, I mean. And if you loved yourself genuinely, would you be a comedian? This is the question I yeah, pose. I, I don't have an answer. No, I, I don't think we would be. I honestly don't think we would be. If we were content with normalcy and content within ourselves, we would be doing a normal thing. Yeah. And there is nothing normal about getting up on stage with no props, no... Nothing to hide behind. Nothing to hide behind. And just with the thoughts in your head trying to make people laugh. Yeah. There is nothing normal about that. In fact, if you, if you analyse it... The in chances a- of success, I haven't like quantified them, are probably not that high either. Uh, Certainly usually- not, not from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean? You, like- usually not. I mean, I'm... Very, very lucky. I, I put it down more to the audience that's in the room. I think it's the unicorn suit has something to do with it. Oh, wearing it on stage has helped. Have you done that? I have. I haven't seen I you have, do I have, I've done it, I think. Did that help, do you think? Or did, did it hinder? I think I've done it once, maybe twice. And the one time I did it, it, it oh, let me tell you, it fucking worked. But I don't want to like hide behind that gimmick. It was a fun bit and it's a bit I might return to, but it, 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 it's certainly not what I want to become known for in terms of my comedy. I want people, and, but the thing is I've had success out of that suit. So I know I can be successful. Yeah. And I think when I analyze all of my performances and you know, there's always things to improve upon, you know, there's always things you can make better. I have had more good performances than bad performances. That's so good. So mathematically, I'm ahead. But so I also, that whole point that I was trying to make is just just well, prove moots, which not, is good. I like. No, well, I mean, look, I don't think it's necessarily untrue what you're saying, but I also feel like I've been blessed with better than average audiences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like some. Look, listen, you can't blame the audience for your success any more than you can blame them more for your failure. So. I like that you're being modest now, but you know, if you've had, if you've done well, it's probably got something to do with well, what I, you're doing. I, I like to think I'm doing something right, you know, without tooting my own horn too much. But back to that thing where, yeah, like, were we it's the before? we were talking about the the Romans, where the, yes. the, the they were having the wreath above the yeah. uh, the triumvirate's head, and it was a slave holding it. It was always a slave. Yep. And the slave was whispering into the triumvirate's heads, "Remember, you will die." And it was, yeah. and it was the. It, it was the reminder to them that, like, this is your moment of glory. It will end. Yeah, the new, the new king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always yes. on their way now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just when you're at the zenith of your success, yeah, is the very moment, yeah, that it's 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 fading. It's starting to go. Exactly. So you've worked however long to get to the peak, to climb to the top of the mountain. Mm. And then at that very moment is when you go down the other side of the mountain where all the mysteries happen. You don't know what the other side of the mountain looks like. There's been so much focus on climbing the mountain that no one ever remembers that now there's a whole other side that we're not... Yeah, yeah, it's the coming down. The feeling like you're talking about that. Uh, And you've just triggered this thought, which is pretty random, is that when I look back at Norm MacDonald and how many jokes he was doing... Mm in the last eight years or whatever of his life about cancer and death and blah, 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 blah. It's even funnier 
Yeah. Knowing that he knew. And no one what he, We should have known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, was, I remember thinking to myself, why... He changed the way he looked so quickly. He was this tall, skinny, sort of lanky guy. Yeah. To being quite unhealthy looking very quickly. And I just put it down to... I literally consciously went, oh, we all age differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have seen it. Yeah. But I think that that's... The joke's on us. Mm. I feel like what... The joke is always on us. Yes. So when you, you know, like the slave whispering in our ear that we're going to be dust soon. Yeah. The joke's always on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I also like. think it was symbolic having a slave say that. Yeah. I think it yeah, was... I, think, I feel like you're more of a Roman history buff than I know about. So I feel like I'm just trying to keep up with you because I don't know no, enough about... No, 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 like, no. Hey, I'm a history buff, but I don't know enough about what you're talking about. I feel like well, I'm no, so like you, I'm, I'm pointing out the important details to you and you're seeing them and that's all that yeah. matters. You don't yeah. need to like, you don't need to be a wizard to annoy, to, to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, um, and I think that what you're referring to here cuts across a range of different stories. Things. We tell ourselves yes. about ourselves yeah. in history, whether it's Roman history or whatever. Hmm. And that some of it's not even, some of it is allegory. Look at it like this. Look at it like this. To put it in a modern perspective. Story's a little bit different. Will Smith recently. Slapping Chris Rock. He literally fell off the mountain just as he was about to reach the top. How fucking crazy is that when you look at it through those lenses? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what you mean. And also another example of potentially, I don't know enough about the situation, but of scapegoating, of, of projecting onto one situation or one person, which happens so often in, a, in mm. our lives and in our society. Oh, yeah. Our whole, a lot of baggage that had nothing to do with that personal situation yeah. comes out in a focal point. And who better than a comedian? Because that's what comedians are going for. Now, he didn't, Chris Rock probably didn't expect the reaction he was going to get. Mm. But I feel like that's what a lot of comedians do. They're going to trigger a reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it may not always be the reaction. Hopefully, it's going to be laughs, mm. laughs and applause. But sometimes you're going to get slapped, I feel yeah. like. So I think that... Do you think, though, that... I was thinking about this recently. Some person told me that it was like, oh, you know, comedy is... I feel like comedy is, you know, slowly coming back around and people are remembering what comedy is for which is just to, make, just to make people laugh. That is all it is essentially for. Maybe point out some of the flaws that are in, you know, the powers that be. But that's pretty much it. It serves very little other purpose. And for a time, comedians were becoming very, very preachy. Whereas, you know, I kind of... Someone said to me, oh, comedians... Are, a lot of comedians are so preachy these days about things. Whereas I feel like we're coming back to the point which is what comedy always was which is comedians are strictly meant to point out observations. We're not meant to preach anything. Comedians, as you know, for, for, for me, like, I, I was having this discussion with someone recently. Uh, it was actually last night after the show. There was a comedian on last night who said some less than savory things. I think about trans people or gay people. And I didn't necessarily find them funny, but this person who I know, who I respect and I admire, I wouldn't call them a close friend, but I have enough of a relationship to be fond of them. And I didn't like that thing, yada, yada. Coming from this community, I didn't like it. And I had to think to myself and I just had to say to them, I was like, look, I didn't like it either, but being a comedian, 
I'm not going to criticize what another comedian says because being comedians, it is not our fucking like, obviously we can have loyalties and whatnot, but it is not our place to preach what is right and what is wrong. Like we are the last members of society who do that. We just fucking observe and then point out our observations. So that's why I like that. There's, there's nothing that really, when it comes to comedy, really pisses me off than comedians taking sides on something politically. Do you know what I mean? And like, obviously you can have opinions. I don't mind opinions, but I'm not going to shit on other people's opinions, uh, especially when they're doing it in a comedy art form. It's like, no, that state, that stage is a safe space to say what you want. If it goes badly, the audience is going to punish you more than I can. So yeah. Uh, yeah. look further to that, you might get your head punched in. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's between you and the person that did it. Yeah. Now, if you triggered that or you played a part in that, you mm-hmm. mean then then that's between you. Hey, look, where I come off, and I'm a human, you know, mm-hmm. is that I wish that whether I liked something or whether I didn't like it had some sort of effect on whether it happened or it didn't happen. But yes. the reality is is that you know, just because I think it's so doesn't make it so. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Mm. Just because I like it doesn't just because, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point, it's a pretty narcissistic worldview when you think, I don't like it. What it. We're talking about comedy or anything now. I don't like it. It shouldn't happen. Well, fucking, you know, I think that that's a pretty, we don't have that sort of power. personal power. Yeah, exactly. I get that you don't like it. You've expressed that you don't like it. That's really the end of it as far as I'm concerned. I understand. There there are things I don't like. But when it comes to comedy, like, like for example, I won't say their name or the joke, um, but there was a comedian who actually 99 times out of 100, I think they're very, very funny. They said something which I thought was, not only did I not think it was funny, I thought it was somewhat tasteless, somewhat unsavory. But I thought to myself... It, it is so hypocritical of me to point out the flaw in another comedian's show when people get to point out the flaws in my shows. And it's like, all, all I can, all I have to say to that person is, I made other people laugh. I just didn't make you laugh. Yeah. Like, you know, and that comedian, it's like, well, you didn't make me laugh, but you might make another audience laugh. So that's why it's like- Have you ever got back from, say, a night out? You know, not to do with comedy or whatever, yeah. and just gone. Fuck! I said what to who? Oh what? yes, I fucking hate myself. Yes, where? Why? Yeah, Did of I course. Do it? Have you ever done that? Yes, of course. I, man, that's why I don't go out because I constantly do that. So it's like, <laughs> feel free to point out the dumb shit I say. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I already have an idea of it. Because yeah, yeah, I feel like a piece of shit because it. Yeah, but yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was picking up things and throwing them at a wall to try and see what if anything stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate myself generally. It's like, but thank you for walking into my nightmare. The water's still warm. Mm. If somebody is oblivious and unaware to the damage they're causing, then point it out to them. Yes, there are people out there like that, but. Not a whole hell of a lot of comedians aren't aware that they just alienated everyone in sight. I've saw very recently, and I feel like I've felt like that at times, where I've wanted to walk out of a bombing and I had been on the verge of crying mm. tears. I saw a comedian in that state and they had bombed hard, mm. right? Nothing. They got nothing. 
Mm. And all I could say to them is, hey, man, you know, like, just keep moving forward. Because mm. I felt, I've, I know, I understand how you feel right. I mm. understand how you feel. The last thing that person needed at that point was me kind of giving them a lecture about all the things they could have said and didn't say. Well, and it was like a hug, I think. You know, like, they'll yeah. work it out. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I, I totally get what you're fucking saying there. They will work it out one way or another. And, I mean... Again, I'm still so new to comedy. It is ultimately not my place to give any advice. You know, I fucking feel... I, I mean, I always say to them, like, don't take my, any advice I have to say seriously because I'm not knowledgeable enough about anything to be given advice. But I would say don't let, don't let one bad show or one bad experience, like, uh, dictate uh, the trajectory of what you want to do as a performer. Sometimes you can blame the audience. Like, ultimately, it shouldn't be the first thing you look at. Now, the problem is if you've seen the audience laugh at the three people before you mm. and not you, then it's That's, definitely not the audience's fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, just, they're not into you. There's that too. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's... it's uh, Look, uh, and, and this is where it comes back to another thing. There's, there's comedians who I've seen on stage. There are comedians who I don't like as a person. And uh, they get on stage and they have a good show. Ultimately, there's a certain level of me that that has a respect for them because it's like, you know what? They are brave enough to get on stage and face that same fucking terrifying audience that any comedian has to, you know? And it's like, even though I think they're a fucking repulsive piece of shit as a human being, they still get up on stage and they still do it. So, so that's like, to their credit. That's to their no- credit. Hats off to them. And you know? there's no need to kick, kick a man while they're down or a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or somebody who identifies as anything. If they're down, yeah. I don't come from the school of kicking them while they're down, right? No, no. Now, other people do. That's yeah. their business. But uh, hey, look, I don't know what else I've got to say. We, I feel like we're coming to a conclusion. We are. Point. We are. We are. We, we're coming up. It's been like over an hour. It's amazing how good these conversations are like when they go. And I, I feel like it's, it's interesting for these conversations. And the reason why I like to have them is because the audience gets to have a deeper insight into the psyche of performers and more more particular comedians who I prioritise more than anyone else. Um, but thank you so much for doing it. Now, listen, uh, thank you for having me on. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Is there anything you want to plug? Any shows? No. Any podcasts? Not at all. Any papers? Nothing. Are you a journal? Nothing. 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 Hey, I'm out there. You're out there. We're out there. Yeah, Come yeah. and find us. Come and find You're us. You're easy to find. Just look for the guy in the unicorn outfit. But the, yeah. With pupils on the outside of his head. Hey, yeah. all I want to say is to you, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And, and to anyone... if they ever listen thanks for listening thank you very much guys this is big jack stanton professional degenerates 